0: Welcome to LMK How. I'm Lauren. I work in the PR space and love immersing my life with knowledge from mental health to wellness to beauty, along with all things trendy. I interview people from all different industries while also including solo episodes about the things that interest me. I'm stoked to have you here. Now let's get to the episode. Kayla Van Hoos was born and raised in Hood River, Oregon. She attended the University of Utah and received a degree in operations management. Salt Lake City was the perfect place for her to enjoy her love for skiing in the great outdoors while earning a degree of course, the perfect work-life play balance. Post-graduation, she found herself living in downtown Nashville for a couple of years until she realized that the mountains were calling again and she had to get back to the good old Pacific Northwest. She's now back in Hood River, Oregon, which is very on-brand for her winter hat company and has been working for herself full-time since October, 2020. She's had a passion for starting businesses for as long as she could remember, whether it was selling lemonade at the end of her driveway, setting up a back rub station at every family gathering or playing business instead of house with her friends. She has always loved the idea of creating something from the ground up and making money from her very own ideas. Bluebird Hats started as a hobby that progressed into a side hustle and became her full-time gig. She hopes to be able to help others take the leap and develop their ideas into a business. You really never know where it may lead. Welcome.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: What's something that you do for yourself every single day?
1: Okay. I actually have a very specific morning routine. Ooh,
0: yes. Um
1: and yeah, if you want to hear it all, just go my step by step. But I do it every morning.
0: Okay, tell me. I'm like very uh, interested.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it kind of mainly started with a combination of when we started quarantining back what, last March, a year ago? Yeah. And then combined with working for myself, when the schedule is open and I basically determine everything I do, I need to be very specific and conscious of, I guess, every hour of the day. And I know that my specific morning routine really sets me up for success throughout the day. So the first thing I do when I wake up, um, well, actually my boyfriend, he makes the coffee, which is amazing. And I go get a cup of coffee and I sit down and we actually both meditate like separately. We put our headphones in. I meditate for like 10 minutes. Um, and that took a long time to like actually sit down and make myself do. Cause meditating, I honestly, I hated it in the beginning, but the more I did it, I'm like, I crave it. I don't even think about it anymore. I just sit down and it happens. So I meditate and then I journal. So I journal some gratitude, like things I'm grateful for. I journal just kind of how I'm feeling, Um, a few goals for the day, and that's not like my to-do list, like you know, little mini file taxes. Like that wouldn't be one of my goals. It would be like go for a walk, or you know, I don't know, something that's going to benefit me, like do something that's going to better myself today. Whether that's yeah, going for a walk, or do a little self-love, or you know, something, hang out with that friend, or talk to that friend I haven't talked to in a while. Um, and then just some affirmations for myself to kind of pump myself up for the day. So that's my journal. Um, then I, what do I do after that? I, um, read from whatever chosen book I'm reading at the time. I don't know. I might read for like five minutes and I think that's it. I just look at my planner. I also have a planner. So I have like three books, my journal, my planner, and my book. And I go through those and it takes me all about like 45 minutes for my full morning routine. Um, and then I either do my morning workout, um, or go for a walk. So I do either a walk or a workout, but honestly, it has helped me get through this pandemic. It's helped me not go in, absolutely insane, working for myself and wondering if what I'm doing every day is the right move because that's entrepreneurship life. I mean, everyone in my shoes would tell you the same thing. It's like, sometimes you don't know what you're doing and, um, the only way to do that is i feel like to just have structure so yeah that is my morning routine sorry that was a lot no i loved
0: it it was honestly like i was gonna ask you what like a day in the life looks like so that's honestly like a great transition into that question <laughs>
1: yeah um so yeah i guess i don't allow my days to start past like 9 30 10 i would say um i used to kind of get up how i did before i'd get up like at 6 30 or 6 and be trying to work like at 8 p.m 8 a.m sharp and I just realized like okay well I'm working for myself like I don't have to you know technically be at work at 8 a.m like I can take some more time for myself in the morning which has been a game changer for me I wish i had done this all along you know with my past jobs it really helped me it helps me with my days um so now I basically I tell myself I'm going to be in my office and my knitting room by 10 AM, like no later. I have to keep myself accountable or I can just find myself scrolling on Instagram all day. Like it can happen. I've I've had the days. Um, but yeah, so I get in my knitting room and I lay out basically on a whiteboard, everything that I need to accomplish for the day. Um, and you know, some days are like crazy. Some days I have lots of orders I need to fulfill. depends on how busy it is. The time of year, December is obviously insane for hat season. But um, yeah, I just kind of go through my to-do list and I put them, you know, priority first and I just chip away. Um, Some days I'm making all day, making hats, physical labor um, on the machine. And then some days I'm, you know, prepping, prepping ahead. I'm working on my marketing. I'm working on my Instagram content. I'm reaching out to possible influencers. Um, So yeah, it's just me. So I kind of have to break, you know, I, I have to break up each day Uh, with like a different aspect of the business you could say and some days are fully dedicated like I said to production and some days are fully dedicated to say social media so yeah I would say I work till as long as I want until I know the job is done until I feel accomplished Um, and sometimes that can be till midnight or it could be till 2 p.m and I go skiing or I you know it's like that's just that's what comes with the territory of being you know working for yourself some days are going to be more productive than others and it's up to you ultimately to decide was that a productive day? Um, do, can I stop now or do I need to keep going? So, definitely. So, you're like a one woman team. I'm a one woman team. Um, I, yeah, uh, my boyfriend kind of hopped in for about a year with and was helping me with the business. And we decided uh, to keep our relationship and business separate. Um, there was never like any big blow up or anything. It was just kind of a, he actually was like, this is totally your brand. And I think you need to just roll with it. And, um, you know, I think the brand shows a lot of my personality and I felt almost limited because I was trying to portray both of our personalities through the brand. And, um, I don't know, it just wasn't really working. I don't think. And I think we just wanted to have our relationship separate and be able to go to dinner and not talk about what hat colors we should be making next, you know? Hmm. And
0: definitely just like establishing so- that like healthy boundary.
1: Exactly. That's what we needed. We needed that that work and um relationship boundary for sure and we weren't getting that and we had a podcast at the time. Um we had a business. We were crammed in an apartment in Nashville and we were just like, okay, we needed to just separate something. Um so yeah, this was it was the best decision honestly. It it was I was terrified at first when he basically said, this is all yours. Um, But the second that I left my other part-time job, we moved back to after Nashville, we moved back to Oregon and I left my part-time job after working it for the whole summer. And I said, okay, like this past October, October, 2020, I'm going for it. And it was the best decision I've ever made. Um, Definitely the scariest, but I'm like, you know what? I will never know until I try and no one is going to tell you if you're ready or not. Like you just have to make that decision. Like no one's ever going to say, yeah, you should quit your job. You've got what it takes. Like they don't know if you're going to work hard. They don't know how much time you're going to put into it. They don't know how much you love it. So I just realized with myself, it's time to really have some confidence in myself and my abilities and trust myself. And I can do this thing on my own and really go for it. And so, yeah, definitely. It's just, just me right now I'm hoping to uh have some help for next year but right now yes just me
0: cool and what are some of the things that you kind of tell yourself as a like a solo entrepreneur in like every day-to-day like things
1: right so the company I was working for prior um she it, it was a small business as well she's very successful um she had her first this is her second small business at really blew up. And, um, right out of college, she did it. And she told me before I left, um, she said, Kayla, (laughs) this always stuck with me. She said, Kayla, there were days and my mom would find me under my desk. I think she lived at her parents at the time. They'd, she'd find me under my desk crying in fetal position. And she's like, you're going to have those days, but that doesn't mean that that's, you know, going to be your every day, but you're going to have those days. And, I think, especially now combined with just not really seeing many people and then working alone on my own on this business and not communicating with people every day like you would in the job and collaborating, you have to make a lot of decisions on your own and you have to trust yourself. So, I think what I've, you know, tell myself every day and what I've learned every day is like, it's a, like, I'm going to make mistakes. Like, that is, you know, that comes with the territory. Like, I'm going to make mistakes. Rolling human. I'm not going to Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I've made countless mistakes in my business, but I've learned from every single one of them. And I've also learned to not, uh, feel like everything has, I, everything I put out has to be perfectly curated. Um, I've learned that it's okay to show my personality through my business and to tell people like, Hey, it's just me making every hat. It's just me posting everything. Like you know, be easy on me. Cause it's just me. But like, I think, you know, I put a lot of pressure on myself in the beginning that I had to be this perfect brand, perfect, perfect, perfect. Couldn't make mistakes. I had to like show up looking like free people, um, you know, like any like really well-established brand that has hundreds and hundreds of people working behind it. And I realized like, no, the one thing I can do is be myself, do my best every day and have more confidence in my decisions. Cause it's just me making them and no matter what happens i'll learn from whatever decision i make so i think just more confidence i've had to develop more more self confidence through this journey
0: definitely and everything yeah no i mean oh. i feel like like when i met you before which was like th- when i said 3 years ago like you already had this like aura of like confidence and everything so seeing you grow through your brand is like so amazing and yeah of course i've really just like when I think of you, I feel like you have this like golden aura around you and you're just like shining.
1: Okay. That is like the biggest compliment I've ever had. Cause I can't tell you how much I have felt like that aura has been um, dulled these past, you know, this past year. And I feel um, like I'm really working on that right now, honestly, to keep that going for me and to keep that confidence going. Cause like I said, combined with the the pandemic and then working alone it's it's easy to get down on yourself like I'm not gonna lie definitely I've had my mind definitely but I really appreciate of that of course
0: um I feel like there's something kind of beautiful that's happening with social media where people are more like normalizing like the realness behind the scenes and like the struggle not just like the shiny like happy moments of like whether it's business or a lot of people who work for themselves in com- in combination with like the pandemic and like what it's like to deal with this just internally on like a personal level like taking the business like out of the equation so yeah. I feel like it's a, like in a weird way it's kind of like a good time for your business and for this like realness because it's Not only what people want to see, but it's you like you're showing you like you are being vulnerable, vulnerable to your audience, to your customers. And I think that's what they really appreciate.
1: Right. I I couldn't agree more. I feel like, yeah, I mean, it's just when you said when you just when you were talking, I was just thinking about like seeing, you know, business executive executives on Zoom and their babies are crying in the background and like running around. You're just like, oh, my gosh, you're human me too wow like that's great to see um yeah I feel like brands and you know celebrities and everyone kind of can hide that but now we're all stuck at home there's it's really hard to hide that you know I feel like everyone's in their feels. everyone's really getting to know themselves realizing the importance of life and that we don't have all these distractions day to day and honestly people are showing their true colors in beautiful ways and through brands and yeah I agree with everything you said yeah I'm just like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah I just I, it's yeah I just feel like I really have I think the movement on social media right now is pretty powerful and very beautiful and just like you said just seeing people as real people and not brands and curated you yes. know Instagram platforms. exactly so.
0: exactly and I'm kind of also curious like what well, okay. So, give me like a description, like maybe like a short summary of like how you'd like summarize Bluebird, and just like mm-hmm. like your elevator pitch,
1: kind oh, of thing. <laughs> um. Okay. Like my elevator pitch. Um. I would say. Well, I'm just gonna kind of just give you. It all started with a dream, basically. It. Well, no, it started with a hobby. Um. I was a freshman in the dorms, and my friend was crocheting hats, and. I was like, wait, I'm bored. I want to do that. It was like a Tuesday night in the dorms and teach me how to crochet. So she taught me how to crochet and one thing led to another. And, you know, I had random people in my hometown. My mom's friends were like, can you make me a hat? My style was much different than it is now. The, it was like crochet. It's not really my style now, but I was like, yeah, of course. And they were buying them for $25. And at the time, um, you know, 2013, college student, $25 for one of my beanies that I made in my dorm. I was like, oh my gosh, so much alcohol money.
0: (laughs) 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 Priorities at the time.
1: (laughs) No, absolutely. I'm just thinking about my alcohol money and just getting food with friends. Like it was awesome. It was my spending money in college. And my name just kind of got out there and I wasn't even studying business at the time. I was studying um I was wanting to be physical therapist, so kinesiology stuff. So I switched my major and I'm like, honestly, I love this. Like I, I really can, I can build something from my own ideas. Like I can just build something from scratch and people will buy them and buy whatever I'm making. Like it was mind blowing to me. Um, so yeah, I just continued to have this as like almost a side hustle through every job. Um, I was working in the music industry in Nashville and then I was working for Warby Parker. And uh, meanwhile, I had this hat company kind of in my back pocket that was always just there it was kayla page designs um and i turned this like little hobby dream into you know my full-time business where i would say i'm a small you know female-owned business uh making specialty knit beanies for what i call the adventure people like people who want to get after life um and yeah, just make the most of every single day. And I think I, it's very Pacific Northwest inspired, um, very inspired by the mountains and the forests and um, travel. And it's a little different right now because we're not traveling, but my mantra was travel and be nice. Um, And so that was kind of back when we could travel. That was like my main mantra Um, right now. I think it would be wear a mask and be nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so just I don't know, that wasn't really an elevator pitch, but that's just kind of just how I got there. Just a just a normal girl with a dream and um yeah, hoping to make someone of herself. So Honestly. <laughs> that's what it is. That's that's pretty much what it is. Yeah, it
0: like listening to that, it like feels like I don't know, like, maybe elevator pitch is not the word, but it feels like that is you, that is the brand, that is, like, like the energy, like, the vibe, like, behind it. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's yeah. not supposed to sound stuffy because it's not.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, I try to keep it real with people, and like I said, I had to – I wasn't always, like, this authentic with it in the beginning. I wanted to compete with the bigger brands. I wanted to be cool. I wanted to be – I mean, I still think Bluebird's cool, but – I'm not trying, like, I'm not, you know, trying to be almost cold. Like some brands are almost like, I'm, I'm really cool. Like this, I'm not going to post these things. I'm not going to post like me speaking in front of the camera and uh, messing up my words. And, you know, like now I'm like, you know what? I want everyone to see everything. Yes. I want them to see, you know, the good times, the bad times, the days that I struggle sometimes. Um, and so, yeah, I just want to be unapologetically me. Mm-hmm. Um, and show that through my brand and yeah yeah no it makes
0: sense definitely (laughs) I'm also like thinking about so I watched like the highlight on um the Instagram about how you make the hats and Mm -hmm. I was like this is a physical workout (laughs) you're like I was like whoa okay because like I was like wow it's so perfect like the stitching and everything and I was like what is how does she do that how does she do that I don't get it and then I saw this video and I was like Oh my
1: God. (laughs) So it's a flatbed knitting machine. Um, When I started out, um, I was just crocheting every beanie Um, and I could do it. I could crochet a whole beanie in like 30 minutes. If I was just sitting there, like I can make a beanie 30 minutes, (laughs) but it still wasn't like sustainable. I was like, okay, I need to figure something else out. And this is a huge coincidence, but my boyfriend at the time, or now my boyfriend, now his mom had a winter hat company back in the day and it was very successful and how like this is fate right like definitely yeah like I absolutely crazy I actually wasn't even dating him at the time um and she told me like hey this I had a a winter hat company I'd love to teach you like let's level up your business let me show you how I made hats I'm like hell yeah show me how you made hats um so she brought this machine you know out dusted it off and was like here we go. And it's basically, yeah, it looks like a, what does it look like? It's just like a big flat rectangular bed with all these needles on it. And there's like a cable that you put both your hands on and you move back and forth. I actually got a little, uh, uh, tendonitis in my my hand after Christmas. Oh my God. Oh my after God. Christmas oh my God. Oh, yeah. I was like, okay, if this isn't a sure sign that I need help next year, I don't know what is like I have tendonitis in my hand but long story short, um, yeah, she helped me design. She was like my mentor, and helped me design this beanie. And I'm pretty quick at them now. It's definitely a very hands-on process, um, but I think that's what makes the, it them so special. Like everyone knows, each beanie is made by me. I sew them up. I put the pom pom on. I put the leather, ta- the vegan leather tag on. Um yeah every every beanie has a lot of love in it um and they are 100% acrylic in the inside so they don't itch you and they are 100% wool organic wool on the exterior oh, wow. it's like a double layered beanie okay. so it really is the warmest beanie you'll ever put on your head like i hear it all the time it is the warmest almost too warm like my boyfriend it's too warm for him um sometimes like they're really warm um but it's the quality that has really, like, gone a long way. I don't pay for advertising at all. So all of my advertising, I would say, is word of mouth. Like, someone wears it and they're like, this beanie is the – I get it. I'm, like, not trying to toot my own horn because I give a lot of credit to my mentor who taught me how to make a beanie like this. I'm like, this. toot
0: it. <laughs>
1: toot it <away." laughs> But she was like um, – people will be like, this is seriously – like, the they – when they pick it up they're like whoa this is like this has some almost weight like it has some substance to it it's like a beanie it's a beanie and a half like when it comes off the machine it looks like a blanket and then i like fold it and make it this double knit beanie but it is just the quality the quality for me that's what it is and i really um Yeah, so that's why I kind of want, I really want to keep my brand small because I want every beanie to come out like how I make it with the love and quality. So if I do expand, um, I really want it to be where I can monitor every beanie made, at least as, you know, as many as I can. um, And just, you know, if I was having people help me make them, it would be in Hood River where I am now. um, And just keep that small quality, um, quality style, I guess, so.
0: Definitely. I mean, when you keep it more of like a boutique, like business, like style, you're able to really have that um, relationship with the customer.
1: Exactly. And I think that's what customers value when they're willing to spend more, when they know how much work and love was put into it. And they know that it wasn't made overseas where, you know, in a factory and put in a box for three months. And it's like, no, it's right now all my beanies are made to order. I'm hoping to have some um, more inventory made over the summer. And, but I think I always thought I had to go so big to make money and and be happy. And I had to go big, 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 like thousands and thousands of hats made and go overseas. Like I always thought this was, you know, this is how you had a successful business. But I realized from a lot of advice too, from really smart people is that you don't really have to go big, like, if you're happy with your lifestyle going to support you and maybe a couple employees like that's amazing. You could live an amazing life. You could have incredible product that you produce and you're really proud of and that you trust every, you know, product that's made by someone else cuz you see most of it. Um and you don't have to go big cuz the bigger you go, the more people you have to pay. Like the more um outsourcing you have to do, the less control you have yeah over the quality. Exactly.
0: That's exactly I what you- I was just going to say. Yes.
1: Right. The control. Yeah. yeah. So I think I just had to come to that realization of myself. Like if I want this brand to be me and to have, you know, uphold, uh, the quality that I want put out there and that I want people to want to pay for, then I need to keep it small. And I've kind of just come, you know, I want to be bigger than I am now, but I don't need to be, um, you know, the next, like I said, like free people or Patagonia. Like that's not the point. It. Right. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Mm -hmm. yes and where do you see yourself like in the company like as maybe in the upcoming months in a year two years
1: yeah um oh gosh every day right now is like kind of a a new challenge um because this year next year I want to this year was like a big year for me I quit my job and that's all I was doing, but it was just me making the beanies. And, you know, I was working 12 plus hour days during the busy months because I had to keep up with my orders. And if I couldn't fulfill them in time, I was losing money and disappointing people. Um, so I think I just, you know, it's definitely slowing down right now. It's, it's hat season is definitely slowing down a few sales here and there, but right now it really comes down to, okay, next year is going to be like a bigger year for me. And I need to, I'm looking to hire a couple people, at least one or two people this summer to help me make all the hats because I just can't do it all. I can't make the hats. I can't uh, plan like my, how I'm going to advertise and um, promote. And I I just can't do it all. I've kind of realized that I need to delegate some tasks. Um, So yeah, this next step for me and at least the next couple months is hopefully i will have hired a couple people like um almost like i don't want to say like peace workers but like um freelance like contracts almost like i will pay you per hat that you make um because yeah i'm not i'm not looking for like a like a part-time employee i'm looking for like paying someone to make this many hats for me Um, and it'll kind of give them like the freedom to work whenever they want like i just need these hats by this time or by the end of this month and just kind of give them some deadlines and let them come and go as they want i definitely want i don't want the job to be unbearable and i want to be there and create a fun work environment for them and um i don't know it's weird even talking about hiring people you know it's just been me and i feel like this is so surreal in a way to even think about it but uh yeah so i think that will be my next step Um, and then hopefully be selling beanies again by like September 1st and really doing some Facebook ads and Instagram ads and actually paying someone to do that, which is another scary thing, taking money out of my business, but I know it'll be worth it. Um, yeah, that's pretty much, that's, that's all I have right now. I can't go much farther than like, like six months at a time right now. My brain just, it doesn't work like that at the moment. Um, I feel like I just have to focus on the next task or I will totally be stressed.
0: For sure. No, it makes total sense. Also because it's your baby. It's your baby.
1: It is. And yeah, sometimes I think when I look like, I know where I want it to be in five years, but like I feel like when I look that far ahead, I'm like, you know, okay, but how the heck am I going to get there? I'm like, no, Kayla, you're going to get there by what you're going to do in the next month. And then after that, you're going to get there the month after that. And I just think I need to look like more short term I have the vision, but, like, I need to just focus on the short-term wins right now uh, to keep the momentum going. Yes, and
0: just, like, trusting the process.
1: Exactly. Yep. yep.
0: So, where do you find inspiration, like, for designs, for colors? Um, I know you've, like, done some patches on yeah. on some of the beanies. So, I'm just curious as to, like, the inspiration behind that.
1: Sure. Um, I... It's kind of like hard. I can't pinpoint one thing that inspires me. Um, I feel like I've always had like a decent eye for color. I grew up um, painting a lot and I was very artistic as a child and still I love to paint and I just kind of have an eye for colors that I that I know people gravitate towards and my mom's also my aunt's a jewelry designer um, so she's super creative too. My mom's a really creative person. I have a lot of people in my life who are creative and have great fashion sense. So I do have like, you know, people talking to me and, uh, kind of giving suggestions. I'll, you know, I ask a few people, you can't ask everyone or else you're going to be absolutely confused, but I'll ask a few people I trust, like what they think and bounce ideas. I get a lot of my inspiration just from like colors of the mountain and, um, like the forest. I have like names, like Oregon green, so I try to find a color that reminds me of the, the forest in Oregon or Oregon lavender. And I find a color that's, you know, like lavender. And, um, and also when you, when you name the color like that, people are like, Ooh, I like that. Like that's, you know, they want that almost even more because it's Oregon lavender and that's the name of it. Um, so yeah. And I just can't, I have a vintage patch line hat line. So I each beanie, for each patch is pretty much, I have a couple of some patches, but both of them are one of a kind. Um, and I just, I don't know. I love vintage clothing. I, I, every, my grandma owns a, um, an antique market in, um, LA. And so I've always been interested in that. And also my, my aunt owns a jewelry line where she works with vintage pieces as well. So I just, I've always loved going to antique stores. I just, I love all that. Um, And I love vintage mountain vibes, like vintage mountain aesthetic. That is my, yeah, that's my, I don't want to cuss, shiz. That's my shiz. (laughs) It's okay. You can cuss. I don't know if I can. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I love the vintage mountain vibe aesthetic. So I just kind of, I go online and I, you know, look up mountains that I know people love and uh, destinations and I just find really cool patches and like really amazing rare patches and people just eat them up. Like I was so scared to launch that line cause it's not a cheap line. My normal line is, um, a lot less expensive than the vintage patch line. I have beanies that are shy of a hundred dollars, but the patch itself might cost $20 that I found online. Um, so yeah, I, people love them and it's really giving me a really like an awesome edge in my business. It's kind of like the icing on the cake. Like people are, you know, it's, it's been an awesome line and makes me, I need to continue to design to be happy within my business. So I'm always working on a new design because that's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me excited. Not making the same thing over and over and over. Um, I'll always have my bread and butter beanies that you know, they're my basic beanies. They'll always sell their, um, yeah, they're a simple, more basic looking design. And then I have my, you know, like I said, icing on the cake and that's that my pattern beanies, you know, the like kind of ski design, nor Norwegian beanie. I have, it's like, looks like a Norwegian beanie, like Swedish beanie. And then the vintage patch beanies. And those are like the exciting parts of it. The edgy part of my business.
0: Cool. Do you find that like your customers, are from a certain like region or are a certain kind of person?
1: Um, I would say I always fought this, I always wanted to fight my target market. I always thought when I first started, it was, um, I want my target market to be 18 year olds to 25, like that was what I was set on. And I will tell you, like, my biggest advice to anyone in the business is do not like set that in your mind and be disappointed when you see it shift because you just have to you have to listen to who's buying and just accept it because and so i i would say now my target market is anywhere between um probably 25 because my beanies are not they're not like cheap they're not you're not going to forever 21 getting a beanie so most college students aren't going to pay 55 dollars for a beanie it depends where you're at or if you have financial help or whatnot if you're making your own money but most of my, um, I would say my customers are 25 plus. Um, I actually get a lot of moms and I get a lot of people kind of in the 25 to 30 range. Um, and most of them are, I, yeah, it's honestly varies, but I see a lot of, um, people who enjoy skiing, enjoy the mountain, enjoy the outdoors. Um, I wouldn't say it's like a super, um super high fashion it's it's kind of just like right in between a um like a what what am I trying to say I wouldn't say it's like a luxurious $200 um beanie where you'd find in an Aspen ski shop with like a like a real fur massive palm on there you know that someone's gonna wear in their one piece tight little one piece with a fur hood do you know what I'm saying like It's just a little bit in between that and then like a more athletic style. So I would say that kind of person, someone who isn't spending like hundreds and hundreds of dollars on a beanie, but also someone who wants quality in their um, clothing and actually cares about that. So right in the middle, I would say that's like, but yeah, I definitely think 25 plus and 25 and 55 right in between there, sweet spot.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a good range.
1: Right. And I think niche, like, I think people think they should target to everyone, like children and women and men. And I also think that's a big mistake that I made in the past. And also what a lot of people make in businesses, like finding the niche and just rolling with it. Like, you know, 25 to 55 year old women, like this is my sweet spot and go, you, you will be so surprised how much more successful you will be. If you just target to like, this is your niche right there. Um, so that's, I think, something I've definitely learned throughout the throughout my six or so years working on this business is just find that sweet spot and target to them.
0: Definitely. And also, like, just putting a lot of emphasis on how, how good the quality is, the sustainability, um, all of the things that make it special, everything that makes it what it is.
1: Right. And if you don't, like, if you don't care about your quality – People will sniff that out real quick. And I just learned if you make a good product, it will sell itself. Like that is something that I will continue to live by and continue to run my business by. If you make a good product, it will sell itself. Like like for example, Tesla, I think they spend no money on advertising. From what I've heard, like they don't even really need to advertise because it sells itself. It's an amazing product. Um, and like, I will do advertising because I need to, you know, I'm not Elon Musk. I can't just like, you know, I don't have that reputation yet, but I will tell you, like I've spent no money like maybe here and there. I dabbled on a couple $10 Facebook ads a couple years ago. Uh, but other than that, I don't spend money right. This whole time I've been self-employed this since October supporting myself, no money on ads. It's all word of mouth. It's where do you get your beanie? you know, it's someone wears it. And when someone buys a beanie from me and, and it's in a new area, I'm always so excited. Cause I'm like, yes, their friend group will see it. And then that's like advertisement for me. So my best advice for anyone starting a business, like don't worry about not being able to f- afford all this advertising right off the bat, like just make a good product. Like that's what you need to focus your time and money and energy into is make a good product.
0: Definitely. And also, um, you said that you get a lot of inspiration for the colors from like family members who are also like very creative. Um, do you ever reach out to your community on Instagram or maybe even like physically like in Oregon and get like input from them?
1: Yeah. Um, I, on Instagram, I do quite a bit of like in the past, I've done polls of this or that kind of thing. Like when I'm designing, um, especially for my pattern beanies. I've, you know, when I'm in the process of designing, I'll take some Instagram polls. Um, but a lot of it is just trusting myself. And I've realized when you give a customer too many options and you ask for too many opinions, like sometimes you just need to trust, like what you're making, um, that they'll like, and sometimes when you, like I said, when you give someone too many options, it's, it's, they don't like, the, a lot of times customers don't like too many decisions. They just want you to make an amazing product. And then because you made it and your brand made it and your reputation made it, they'll buy it. Cause they're like, okay, well she has good taste. Like she's made all those. So I think at the end of the day, um, like my mentor in, in my company said, don't give them the option. Just do it. Just make it. I was like, should I have, Um, this pom-pom and this pom-pom is an option on this beanie she's like no just pick the one that looks best you know which one looks best so I think at the end of the day you just need to trust your gut make things that you think looks best that you would wear personally and just run with it um but no I do I definitely always accept feedback I always you know people will reach out like oh my gosh please make this color I've made so many colors that customers have asked me to make um uh, yeah. So I, I'm always open to feedback, but when it comes to the nitty gritty decisions, I'm not going to sit there and wait for an Instagram poll for, you know, to tell me which one at the end of the day, I just seem to just make the decision. Definitely. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: And what are your most like popular, maybe like po- maybe top two, like popular designs that like sell the most?
1: I would say my most popular design is the chunky beanie. Um, It is the rolled knit beanie with a palm on it, Um, that one, and the, my biggest market is women. Um, I do sell men's beanies as well, or just like unisex beanies, but I would say that one, and then the urban beanie is very popular, and it's just a rolled beanie with no palm, and it's just like a chunky, cute roll, you know, it's just one of those every day. My beanie is definitely like, depending on my mood, I will wear a pom-pom, or not, like it just depends how I'm feeling that day. Um, but yeah, I would say that like every beanie I wear goes with my nude. I mean, that's kind of hilarious, but I'm serious. Like I have like 10 beanies and each one I'm like, eh, I'm feeling an all black beanie today.
0: No, definitely. <laughs> with a yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> so, I'm like, yeah. No, I mean, it makes sense definitely. to me. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, there's a difference between wearing a bright blue beanie and an all black beanie. Like you're feeling some type of way. So I would say but yeah my most popular by far is the chunky beanie and people will buy when they have one of them they will buy like I have people who have like 10 I have 15, 16 colors two are out of stock right now but I mean I have people that are like okay well I have to collect them now because it's the only beanie I'll wear and then my outfits change and I really like that color and it's the chunky beanie like for so many people, it's the Chunky Bean.
0: Amazing. I literally love that. It's like once they've got it, they're like, yeah, no, that's it. Like, I'm not going back to anything else. <laughs> like, they're like, I only trust you.
1: I only trust you. It's it's the, yeah, it's it's kind of like they, uh, it's like a collector's item. My friends say they're like Pokemon cards for me, Kayla. I, I have to collect them. I need all the colors. But
0: yeah, I yeah, know. Do you ever do like a limited edition color where it's like once it's sold out, it's sold out?
1: yeah you know I have a few of those and I think when and I'll test them out I'll buy like a little yarn and see if anyone even get usually when I'm very hesitant on a beanie and only a few sell I'm like okay I'm not gonna do this again but I'll save the yarn um because if someone reaches out to me and a special request I'll be like sure I'll make you one uh but yeah I mean I have like my I would say core like eight colors that will never I'll never get rid of. And those are just like my basics, like Heather and black, Heather gray, black charcoal, Oregon green, I don't know, bluebird blue. I have to have that. Um, so I'll have like my basic colors and then I definitely have a few that are out there that were like a little risky for me. Um, so yeah. And I get all my yarn from an organic, uh, wool uh, farm in Nebraska, which is kind of fun. They're just like this small farm and it's all hundred percent organic wool. And, um, yeah I love it it's it's fun to to work with them so
0: how did you like find that like specific like
1: yarn yeah um I found it through actually my mentor so she um Marcus's my boyfriend's mom used them I think this was in the 90s the 90s she had this company um I mean she was making beanies uh for ll Bean at one point like they were buying from her like she was killing it i think she made some for like i don't want to quote this but she definitely made some for an olympic team i don't know which team it was um but she definitely was killing it she had a shop in like placid new york where they used to live and she would make all these incredible beanies um And she, she's like, you should see if this company still exists because if it does, they're amazing. And I found them and I was like, wait, Patty, this company. And I called them and they were like, yeah, sure. We can be, you know, a wholesaler. Um, So it was, yeah, it's pretty crazy how, you know, Marcus has a mom who was, you know, a hat maker and now his girlfriend's a hat maker and we're getting our yarn from the same source, but like 30 years apart, 20, you know, I
0: literally have chills. Like I like really <laughs> how chills. Like I definitely believe in like fate. So this is just yeah. like another thing and it's amazing.
1: It's totally true. I totally yeah. And sometimes I forget about it and then I'm like, this is crazy. Like she's coming over tomorrow to help me uh we I also luckily live in the same town as her and she's coming over tomorrow to help me design my spring beanie, which is going to be um hopefully like half the weight of the current beanie so you could wear it you know on warmer days or like summer nights um so we always have a really good time together and bond over designing together and she isn't obviously doing her business anymore but this is a way for her to use her creative skills and you know keep the fire alive inside of her creative soul once a creator always i feel like she loves making hats and um yeah it's pretty amazing I love that so. that's
0: such like a full circle like oh I love it, it I love is. it oh my gosh Thanks. oh my gosh how did you come up with like the name and like like what's the inspiration behind that
1: yeah so a bluebird day is basically um what it comes on the mountain it's like a, a bright blue sunny day after usually after a winter storm like after snowfall and it is mostly every skiers like dream day. Um, if you have fresh powder and, a bl- and blue skies, like everyone loves that. Um, and it's my favorite day to ski. And it just like a bluebird day to me almost is like equivalent to the happiest day, like a really happy feeling. Um, just like full on being present and just living life. That's what I kind of think of a bluebird day as, um, but I didn't lock down that name actually until I moved to Nashville. And have you ever heard of the bluebird cafe? Um, it's, I don't think I it's have. like, So it's, it's, um, it's a very small, like exclusive cafe, but it's where, um, a lot of like huge names, like Taylor Swift played there before she was famous. Like all of these big, big names played there before they're famous. And it kind of is like, it opens the gates for them. And it's, this you kind have of sounds have familiar.
0: Wait, now. I'm like, I think I saw like a Taylor Swift, like documentary or something.
1: Yes, she- Oh yeah, I'm sure. Like pretty much every country, big country star, one way or another, and they'll go back and they'll play because it's like super nostalgic and special, and it's like it's hard to get a ticket there. I mean, it's a small little cafe, but I was watching the show Nashville right before I moved to Nashville, of course. Like I had it. Yeah, you know, just watching. Yeah, I was just like and getting, was- getting
0: all the info, getting the insight.
1: Yeah, I was getting the, yeah. insights getting the through Netflix, but <laughs> I-, <laughs> I watched that and. I was like, wait, blue. I was trying to name my company. It was Kayla page designs. And I was like, you know, I want this to be a brand for women and men and women. I also just kind of like, I want just a solid name. Um, instead of my name, I want bluebird, um, or I want a name. And I was, I was watching the show and it was like the bluebird cafe. And I was like, wait, I love that name. And I'm like, wait, that's my favorite day on the mountain. Wait, this is what it is you know, and hats are, you wear hats on the mountain. Like it just was perfect. So that's how I got my name. That is amazing. Oh, I love that. I love how it ties in my Nashville experience because everything I did in Nashville is absolutely nothing to do with what I'm doing now. Um, but I love how that was like a piece of my life that I was able to like tie in. Like I chose my company from somewhere, you know, I'd randomly moved after college and so yeah, it
0: was, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I could feel your company, the vibes just behind the story, behind the history of how it came to be where it is right now and then hearing about how you're gonna have a spring line and it's gonna be more accommodated to warmer weather it just sounds like so it sounds so seamless you know but like I feel like the behind the scenes the process is maybe I don't know chaotic or obviously stressful but like you make it seem and sound so seamless it's like I feel like we're just going with the flow, you know,
1: <laughs> riding the yeah. weights. Yeah. Let me tell you, um, I fall off that surfboard a lot in the process and I'm glad that it comes off that way. Even if I do show some of like, you know, the reality I'm never, you know, I'm never going to show when I'm like fully crying on the couch. Cause I don't know if I can, you know, if I'm going to be able to hire people and if I'm going to be able to do these things and It all seems like so much work because I have all these things I want to do in my mind, but actually executing them is terrifying and takes a lot of energy and is all on me. Like no one's going to sit here and hold my hand and say, let's do this today. Like I'll do this task. You do this. It's like, no, Kayla, you have to do it all. And if you don't, like, it's not going to happen. So I think there are a lot of, like, I have a lot of ups and downs and I was totally riding a high this winter because i was so busy it was hat season and i just remember telling myself um i think this is what actually gets me through a lot of my days is that like don't get so high on the highs like i make a really have a really good day of sales like wow killing it great day i'm like set for life not really but you know in my mind i'm like oh my gosh my dreams are coming true and then don't get so low in the lows. So it's like, I think what every entrepreneur should hear is that, you know, you're going to have really good days and you're going to have really bad days, but try to level out. Try to just like look at those good days and be like, wow, like I'm proud of myself, but I'm not going to friggin' throw a massive party because I don't know what today is going to be because I don't want to be lying on the couch crying because it wasn't like yesterday. So just trying to ride out that, level feeling um throughout all my days so i don't have the really low days um i'm definitely not saying you shouldn't celebrate your wins you definitely should but i would just say be careful with like you know judging days like as a really good day or a really bad day just it should just be like another day working towards uh working another work in progress of a day i guess Um, definitely so yeah. yeah it's if that made sense no it does like- <laughs> it
0: does I mean I feel like what I like translate from that is that you are just reminding yourself to be realistic and also to show up every day
1: exactly you exactly spot on I just you know you gotta you just gotta keep going and whether that is just one day some days the one thing I can do is I make one hat and I'm like you know what that's all right, Kayla. The creative juices were not flowing today. You just didn't feel it. Um, you know, I'll put in my podcast and make a few hats and just call it a good day. But like some days you just got to give yourself that break and be like, "It's okay. This does not define your whole journey. This is just a day."
0: Exactly. Um,
1: exactly. So just trying to not define your journey by a good or a bad day.
0: Yeah. It's also just reminding yourself like I'm human. And I yeah. you're like I'm a badass bitch. I own my company. <laughs> This is me, like, right? yeah.
1: Trusting yourself, trusting the process, you know. You're not the only one that feels this way. There's no entrepreneur that's ever going to go and say that the whole process was easy. I mean, unless someone was just, lying. like, feeding them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're, they're lying. They're absolutely lying. Or they didn't maybe care about it, like, if it worked out or not, or they weren't fully committed. Like, when I had my other side job, It was like okay when I didn't get sales, you know, for a day because I wasn't putting everything, my livelihood into it. And it didn't matter, like I'm still gonna pay my bills, you know. I but I also wasn't fully committed. So I wasn't like putting my all into it because I had a backup. For me, it was totally getting rid of that backup. And that was the only thing that was going to be like, all right, Kayla, nose of the grindstone, like you got this. That was the only thing was getting rid of that backup. Yes. And I can't stress that enough. When you feel like you can trust yourself, get rid of that backup and just go all in. Do it.
0: Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) No, I feel like that's honestly like a common pattern that I'm seeing with people who are successful is that their mentality is that there is no backup. There is no other choice.
1: Yeah. No, this is the only, yeah, this is the only way is forward. And I feel like, yeah, I I think that is the only thing that's ever held me back in my business was having a backup. Um, I think it's definitely important to set yourself up. So when you do go for it, like you have an opportunity to succeed, you know, it might be like, you have an idea in your head and you quit your job, but like, oh my gosh, how do I even execute this? If you have no plan, like don't expect to pay your rent and, and travel off of, you know, your income the first month, like be easy on yourself, but also at some point or, or another, you do have to cut the cord and you do have to trust yourself. Um, and you do just have to go for it.
0: Exactly. It's like taking risks in order to like get that reward.
1: Yes, exactly. What was there was a quote, There's a quote I just heard and I loved it. It was, um, everything like my most biggest achievements and successes were always something that I was scared to do. So everything that my thing, everything that I was most proud of in my life um, were always something that I was really scared to do. And I look back at that and I think about my life and I'm like, wow, that is so true. There hasn't been one thing that I've been like thinking back on how proud I was of myself um, that didn't start as a fear and something that I thought was unattainable Um, or something that I was really scared and anxious about. Um, so that just goes, yeah, that just goes to say that it's it's so normal and so okay to have some fear and anxiety going into an unknown situation. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the only way to feel that sense of like big achievement and success is just to start with, start with some fear. You'll know you're on the right path if you're just a little scared. Exactly.
0: Like, I feel like also it's like, if you don't have those like butterflies, like in your stomach, then it's kind of like, I don't know. Like someone told me recently, it's like when you start, like what you said, when you start something new, that it feels scary because it's new. You've never experienced this, your body, your mind, your soul, you've never experienced this. So of course, like it's going to be, it's going to feel like uncomfortable, but it's also like, I think. Like, when you were saying your quote, I was, like, thinking of another quote where it was, like, um, something about, like, being uncomfortable. It's, like, would you rather be uncomfortable for, like, a day or uncomfortable for the rest of your life?
1: Yeah, that's powerful. That's so true. And I feel like so many people um, would rather, at least they let their fear take over, but would rather just have live in that comfort but in the back of their mind, they know what they really want. They know what they really want. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, everyone has some different circumstances, but I think everyone has the ability to have a side hustle. Everyone has the ability to work on their dream on the side until they can, you know, make it bigger. Um, but I think everyone who is really comfortable in their life has an itch that's saying, maybe you should do that because you know, you know, you could be like really happy and comfortable. Um, I guess like if you did something that really scared you and you're like, wow, I'm really comfortable with what I achieved and everything. But I feel like those people also are looking for the next thing. They want to achieve more, they want to achieve more. And that's okay. Like, I don't think this is going to be the first business I, I have, I think I will always have an itch and I'm always thinking of new things and that's just who I am. Um, but I was gonna say, even you starting this podcast, like that's scary. You're putting yourself out there. Yeah, you know? like was your first. Per- Oh, did it scare you? Oh, yeah. I
0: literally was, like, sweating. Like, I don't know if you could see, but my, like, <laughs> my hair was straight. Now it's curly. You know, just naturally, naturally, like, my body's putting out this heat that it's like, oh, you wanted straight hair
1: today. Well, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so good. Well, that's that's when you know that you're on the right path. And, hey, like, five episodes in, your hair will be curly the whole literally, time.
0: Literally, literally. And it'll be summer, so I'll be sweating just because. <laughs>
1: But until you get that next big guest, yes. it makes you really nervous. Yes, you never know. Yes.
0: But I'm also—I don't know. I mean, you're a big guest to me. I am just like—what are you talking about?
1: <laughs> I'm flat. Yes. My little apartment.
0: I um, mean, literally. I feel like that's that's how it starts. Like there's so like there's a lot of um, people who like started things in their garage in their basement. Like,
1: yeah, Steve Jobs. Yeah,
0: like you have to start somewhere.
1: You do. Yeah, yeah. I just I think everyone um, should at least go for something that that scares them because I think everyone if if they can pinpoint in their life, I even have in the back of my mind like something, for example, that I've wanted to try that just holds me back, like what other people will think about it. Um and I think everyone, like if you ask them, they can think of something within like five seconds because it's just right there. It's their subconscious, but if you're like, what is that thing that you want to do? but you are scared that you're going to be judged or you don't know how it's going to turn out. And you're, you're just scared because you don't know how it's going to turn out. Like, what is that thing? Guarantee everyone will be able to name it within like three seconds, two seconds.
0: It's like the fear of the unknown. Cause yeah. it's easier to, like you said, be comfortable and be happy than to be challenged and fulfilled.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's nice to like, it's what really does help though is just constantly finding those people that have been scared to do something and succeeded or even in the process of doing something scary. Like it's good to like seek out those people. Like even talking to you is really inspiring. Like you're doing something that a lot of people don't do. Like you have a full-time job and you're starting a podcast. Like that's amazing. And that's going after something. Um, I mean, but it
0: feels like, like for me, I'm just like, I'm just like, this person over here you know what I mean like I don't feel like like it's that that I don't know doubt maybe that's like in your mind of like like I'm happy I'm like I started the podcast but now I'm like well what like yesterday when it like I first released it I was like okay it's release day like I didn't sleep the night before like I was like pe- people, are gonna, people are gonna people gonna are give me feedback hopefully it's like good feedback if it's not it's okay I'll learn from it but I was just like I don't know what's gonna happen like I just have to like go with it I'm like I'm like, my yeah. anxiety is like, if you know, I'm yeah. like, everyone knows. I think everyone knows I have anxiety. So I'm just like,
1: you know, hey, it's like, and you're not alone.
0: Yeah. But it's just like, it, it motivates me also. Like, there's like this, like, median of it where it's like, and also, like you said, like you have like an itch for something new. It's like, I want to, like, be excited. I want to be excited. Like, even if I'm like, fulfilled maybe comfortable in like my full-time job which I love so much it's like I needed something more something like cre- an, a yeah. creative outlet
1: yes well those nervous butterflies that's what life is all about that's what keeps you alive you know what I mean like that's what keeps you from staying in that same routine even though you could love your job so much it, at one point or another it is your job like it's your job this is strictly for you that you no one else can tell you how to run it. You know, it's you could you call all the shots, and it just yeah, it gives you those butterflies. It gives you a nervous feeling that I feel like is so essential to a good life. Definitely.
0: You know. Definitely.
1: Scaring yourself a little. Yes, less.
0: I mean, I um, feel like I have uh, this like, I don't know, I call it like an end goal where I want to look back and I want to like smile about my, the life I lived, like feel fulfilled, fulfilled, and just like yeah, I did that. Like.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. You never, yeah, you never want to, you never want to live a life with regrets. And I try frequently to write down things like imagining myself older and what would I have written down? Like if I hadn't done, like, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. And then I think like, Oh my gosh, okay. I got to do it. Got to figure out what I'm going to do it. And like, my hands are sweating even now thinking about little, you know, things I'm saying, but, um, yeah, it's just kind of almost looking back and um, just, like, imagining yourself older and thinking, what do you wish you would have done, Kayla? What do you wish you would have done, Lauren? Like, those are the things that get me going, and, yeah, you know, you're going to have some people that don't like you. You're going to have some people that freaking love you, but you just got to accept exactly. that, you know? You just got to let them unfollow, let them do whatever yep. they want. Like, who
0: cares? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can't, you can't please care? everyone
1: you can't and that's the biggest mistake that I've made in my life and that so many people make is trying to because you're wasting your time you'd be the nicest person in the entire world people are still gonna hate you people are still gonna be annoyed by you <laughs> you know people are still gonna question what you're doing you just can't you can't you can't please everyone so may as well just start living your life how you want to exactly
0: exactly the only control I feel like we have is of ourselves so
1: exactly yep nail on the head yeah. Hammer on the
0: hammer on the head. Hammer on the nail. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <What is
1: that>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you it the yes, <laughs> yes.
0: I'm like, I also don't know what exactly the quote is, but
1: hit the nail on the head. Hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Yeah. There we go.
0: There you go. We we got there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well I'm like, thank you for coming on my podcast.
1: gosh thank you for having me this is such an amazing conversation and I honestly needed this like I feel like it was meant to be um to have this this week because it's been one of those harder weeks it's been one of those in my head weeks about my business it's been one of those like questioning why am I doing what I'm doing is this the right path and when I talk about it out loud it honestly just solidifies things like yes you're keep going, Kayla, you got this. So I really am so happy you have me on.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. I can't wait to look back on this episode and like, literally from a year from now and like, see like the growth that you've got with your company.
1: I was just thinking about that. I was also thinking about, um, the growth that you're, that you're going to have with your podcast. Cause I know you will, I can feel it. And looking back at these episodes and just, yeah, relishing in these moments when we're just learning yes so. yes definitely
0: yeah well thank you so much <laughs> yay <laughs> you can find kayla at kayla page with two e's bluebird hats at bluebird.hats and of course How podcast all on instagram
1: thanks